there's a sound of a horn blowing. The three remaining faceless ones turn and begin to retreat. It's unclear how many of the initial attack force of these creatures are remaining in the woods, but they appear to be going eastward, which is the direction in which they came. Long way, you can have a parting shot, if you wish, an, an attack of opportunity. And I will take that attack of opportunity. And that is going to be a horrible swing. That's a 14 to hit. That would be a miss. Mm -hmm. Earring. 21. 21 is a hit. Four or six points of damage. And the enemy goes down, leaving two remaining, fleeing into the forest. What are you going to do? I'm going to call out, hold. Let's not chase them. That puts us at a severe disadvantage. We do have a few archers behind us. We do have a few swordsmen behind us. Let's let, let them retreat and see what we can do about refortifying the area. And hopefully they've been done for the night. If they hurry us on a regular basis, we should be a little bit more prepared next time around. Uh, Dash jumps up and down and gesticulates with certain fingers uh, at the enemy running into the woods and uh, puts up a nonstop like string of cowards. Run away. Bring a better force next time. Shit talking. Yes. Medri, upon hearing Hold stops dead in his tracks, turns and walks along his side. Earring sheathes his bow, looks to where the down body fell. Should we go get that? Check it out? Yes. All right. So you approach the body. It is face down. As it pivoted and turned to make a run, you struck it and killed it, causing it to lunge forward face first onto the forest floor. It's still pretty dark. So keep that in mind while you're searching or have, taking a look at the body. The, the lighting isn't great. What's the purpose behind you examining the creature? To see what exactly it is, to search it, to try to identify what is attacking. Make an investigation roll, please. 19. You check the body, roll it over. It is very skeletal in appearance from the neck up. It's thickly built from the neck down, much like an orc. Very stocky, very just a naturally burly creature. And they all seem to have a similar shape to this one. They're all bulky, muscular, almost like they were bred for warfare or hard labor. The skeletal head and face is not bone. It's not a skull, though it looks similar to a skull. There's there's head on it. There is flesh. The flesh is still warm. The eyes are deep set and have dark rings around them. They did glow in the darkness, almost like a cat's would or some other nocturnal animal's eyes would. It was a, an orange or a red glow. They've got pointed ears, not quite as sharply pointed or shaped like an elves, but uh, thicker and broader in appearance with a slight point at the end of the tip. The hair is, is coarse, almost like a horse's mane. The hair in these creatures that you could tell is just as varied as a human's or elves or dwarves hairline. You know, some are balding. Some have fuller heads of hair. The hair color is all darker browns to black. In some cases, you've even seen streaks of white. Not certain whether or not it is an indication of old age, as it would be in other species, or if it's simply a hair color that's normally on the spectrum of these creatures. Their hands are very humanoid in appearance with long nails at the ends of their fingertips. Not quite claws, but a little sturdier than 
a fingernail would be. Their feet are broad and almost ape-like. It has an appearance of a hand. You haven't, in this recent encounter with them, seen them use their feet to manipulate objects. Their toes end in claws as well. Most of them are unshod. The only one that you made note of that had boots or footwear on was the one with the ram's horns. He was dressed, or it was dressed, very differently than the others. They have wraps, looks like leather wraps, around their feet, around the bottoms of their feet, their ankles, and up their calves, leaving their heel and toes exposed. I'm not familiar with these people. I wonder, you know what, I'm going to first remove the arrow that I had uh, shot it with, put it back my quiver if it's still good, and then I'm going to pick the body up and carry it back to the settlement. Maybe somebody there can help identify it. The ones with the ram's horns are the ones on the, uh, the horses, right? Horseback, yes. Gotcha. Anybody else? I'm just waiting for the rest of the group to make their way back to the the reduced safety of the Bulmas that were set up. I'll be the last one to enter camp. There were quite a few dead bodies around that we had taken out, right? Yes. Madri looks around and says, we should probably loot and then burn these bodies. Just an idea. Quick examination of the bodies would give us hopefully some indication of what we're combating. I, I would like to carry another corpse. I intend to uh, do an internal examination in a safer environment. Okay. Ash uh, wishes to uh, remove a horn. As a trophy? Yes. Do we take down any of the ones with the ram horns? You didn't take down any of the ones with the ram horns, but they, they all have a horn of some type. Some have a single horn, you know, almost like a rhinoceros in the center of their head, while others have some stubby satyr-like horns. Then there's some horns similar to an elk or an impala. No one with the ram's horns fell in the battle. The ones that ran away, did they look, did we re- register any um, fear on them? Did it look like they were afraid or did it just look like they were following orders? During the battle, it, it looked like they were, there was, they were emotionless. There was no expression on their face. It was almost like watching a reptile hunt its food, catch its food and devour its food. Just very unfeeling. There was no savagery. There was no malice to what they were doing. There wasn't these sounds and the grunts and the the moans from from the battle that you would expect in a situation, particularly when they were wounded. They bled. They bled a deep, rich colored red that was almost a black or a purplish color, but there was no emotion registered on their face. There was no sound when they were coming. Nothing. Just quiet. By the build of their feet, I can, I would assume that they're very dexterous and being unshod can move a little bit easier. But even then, you know, whatever they're wearing, moving through the brush, nothing. Their movements may have been masked by magic. That is a possibility. Being in my dire wolf forms, though, does their scent remind me of anything or is it different in any way? You've never smelled anything like it. They're not particularly foul-smelling creatures, but they don't carry the same scent as man does or elf or dwarf or troll or any other creature that you have caught the scent of in your canid form. When you return to Birch Grove, there's still some wisps of smoke coming from the barricades. There's still some small flickering of fires. There's... Uh, bodies being moved of uh, fallen fairy soldiers. The injured are being taken to a makeshift field hospital in one of the larger trees that's not the, the snow birch that the queen lives in. As Sun sees that, 
he would immediately move in that direction, toting his uh, corpse in hopes of both doing the examination and of aiding in the healing. Earring will bring his corpse more towards where the queen is, hoping that somebody there might help identify. I'm going to see if I can rally whatever troops are left, set up posts, four-man teams, three four-man teams at the Cardinal Points and other groups and see what we can do about fortifying the Bulmas now that they're They've been burned down quite a bit, but if we can maintain the fires a little bit, perhaps the fire itself would provide a better defense as opposed to the the pile of brush. So I'll instruct them to grab whatever whatever resources they have available to at least keep them the fires going a bit, and it'll help provide a little bit of light as well as a an impediment. Madri, is there? It's dark out. Never mind. Madri's going to uh, grab another body and um, also follow the group back towards the, uh, to help with the investigation of the, uh, the body and then also help with fortifications. Mokui? Mokui's going to follow. And Dash, after a tremendous effort of hacking and bending and prying and pulling, you've now got yourself a nice, stubby, satyr-like trophy horn, which is quite gruesome. To watch. What are you doing? After you're done savaging the corpse. I will follow my giants because I think that they're standing about a head and a half above everybody else that I know. And I am keeping an eye out for the man in charge of the militia. And as soon as I see him, I'm going to catch his eye, hold up the horn in one hand and flip him the bird with the other. He he makes believe he doesn't notice you doing it, but it's quite obvious that he had noticed pivots on a heel and he storms off in the other direction. Dash is laughing his ass off as he catches up with the rest of the group. Earring, you bring your your corpse to an area where a couple other individuals are gathering and they're stacking the bodies of their fallen comrades. Not far away, you see Sun ducking into a large tree with a corpse of another one of these faceless ones over his shoulder. Several wounded soldiers being helped into the entrance of this tree. What exactly are you going to do with your corpse? I will take it to where Sun is, and along the way, ask if anyone happens to know what these are. One, uh, for lack of a better term, elderly fairy who has a, a long white beard, long white hair, kind of wrapped up into a man bun, looks in, he nods at it and says, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with these. Can you tell me about them? They're not like anything else I've ever seen or encountered. They're vicious creatures, but they're slow and methodical in their attacks. They have harried Birch Grove and other settlements for a few months, from what I can recall. Their appearance is skeletal. Yes. Are they undead? No, no, they're quite quite alive and quite able to be killed. Thank you. The orcs of the Untgard, they will sometimes paint their faces bone white before they go to battle with their enemies, paint them in a, a skeletal fashion. And they do this, of course, to be intimidating and frightening, gain the upper edge. Perhaps this is the purpose why they, they appear the way they are. Perhaps That's they were bred. That's a fair point. Do they look like orcs, though? They're they don't. Bestial. Yeah, bestial with, like, gorilla feet. and Okay. Thickly built like an orc. It's Muscular. And almost like bipedal humanoid chimera. They were fun to kill. Son, you duck quite a bit, almost all the way at the waist, practically folding yourself in half to get your, your girth through the doorway. Uh, once inside the main chamber, the, the tree is massive in proportions. There's beds and tables 
blankets and several fairy women running about acting as nurses, assisting in bandaging and cleaning wounds. There's a sense of despondency there as the, the fairies are uh, some missing limbs, others barely clinging to life. It's not a scene that Birch Grove is familiar with. The Wilderin is not a place that has seen war in ages. I approach one of the uh, nurse type and ask, who are your closest to dead? They wave their hand over to a few tables soaked with blood, and there's about a dozen that you can see seriously wounded fairies, some missing missing limbs, others with their entrails exposed, all manner of horrific battle wounds. I, from that group, Sun picks out the three not missing limbs, not entrails on the outside, who appear most likely to recover to full health, because three I can save. And I will cast Cure Wounds on one and Healing Word on the other two to try to stabilize them. Uh, the rest, I'll do the field medicine that I can. And so this is, uh, I'm now involved in a little bit of time. I'm over here working. I'm up to my elbows in blood. After I cast, I tell the nurses to tend to those three first, and I'll do what I can for the rest to see if I can just save their lives. I've deposited my uh, dead body uh, against a wall. I'll deal with that later. Uh, and right now, I am just moving as quick as I can from injured party to injured parties, doing triage, and those who I think I can save with non-magical healing, I will. Your healing abilities are well known within the world, Durin, and there is a sense of calmness that comes over the field hospital as they see you come in and begin to work your craft to heal the injured. Long way, the... The militia is, for lack of a, a better term, a wreck. They're scattered. They've lost friends and comrades. They've watched them be cut down. They've watched them plunge to their death from the top of trees. And despite the enemy turning and leaving and having this group of known capable fighters amongst them, they are... Their morale is crushed. Some of them are sitting on their their heels, openly weeping. Others are returning home. Some are just standing in the center of the grove, holding buckets of water, watching the barricades burn. The captain of the militia is trying his best to rally the troops, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the words. He's not an inspirational leader. He's more of a politician than anything else, even though the fairies don't have politicians in the same way that humans or dwarves or even elves do. He's wearing the mantle of a well, a title that was handed down to him and not earned. He is much like the the militia that answers to him. Despondent, his morale and his will are squashed and crushed. He is just standing, looking at the gaps in the barricades, the fires that are still burning, the bodies being dragged and stacked, and the individuals being helped into the uh, into the field hospital. There's civilians, if you will, sobbing and frantically clawing at the dead bodies of their loved ones. It's a it's a scene the likes of which you you have seen sadly before amongst a people who were crushed by an invading force, by your invading force mm-hmm. far too often. 
It's a dismal sight. And the one thing that sticks prominently in your mind is they will not survive the next encounter the way they are presently. I will find something of a high spot. I don't care if it's on top of a wood pile, a cart, something. And although not using my actual roar, I will let out a bellow to get their attention and call to them. Children of the Fae, now is not the time to despair. Your dead are dead. There's nothing we can do to change that. What we can change is whether or not you expire this evening. I need you to stand up and form up in front of me now. Make a persuasion check. Ooh, that's going to be a 21. So a few of the uh, a few of the younger ones start to line up. The easily inspired youth, you know, they've got their their swords and and their shields and their bows, and and they seem eager and and ready. There's a few um, older men and women that are are starting to gather around the chair that you're standing on in, in the center. But then there's there's still some others that look really uncertain. A couple of the ones that were sitting on their heels, rocking, have stopped and are now paying attention to you. Dash, Dash is uh, wandering around the outskirts and poking and prodding the people who are not getting up, who have weapons anywhere near them, and pushing them towards the uh, setup. And then there's Dash in the background physically mm. moving people That's fine. over to the chair that you're standing on. Madri is uh, assisting in the background. She's going to be taking any of the wounded or dead family members and arranging them off on the sides in a... Uh, like the dead people with the blanket over the top of them, the whole Less line than of a them. pile. Yeah, <laughs> a not respectful quite a pile, manner. A respectful yeah. manner, but off to the sides, and then taking all the weeping widows and sons and fathers and daughters and kids, and just shuffling them off to the side, out of the way, while Dash is putting willing members or somewhat willing members. Those that see others that have fallen to despair, bolster them up. Throw a hand about their shoulder and bring them to me tonight. We will not fall. Tonight, no more torment, no more death. It is time to defend yourselves, and it's time for you to learn how. We've got to send word to the Valanasi. They're the ones with a proper army. We need their backup. They're the ones who are supposed to be the protectors of the wilderness. They will never get here by morning. Then we must flee. And let them have the grove, if the grove is what they want. If they want the trees, there's more trees. The wilderness is full of trees. Wimps. That is up to your queen to decide. But in the meantime, we still have to defend ourselves. We still have to leave. We still have to be able to safely traverse from here to another point if she so desires. And in doing so, we are not going to go about as a despondent rabble hanging our heads in defeat. It is unacceptable. Well, if that's the case... Then why isn't the queen down here rallying her people? Maybe if her people gather and call to her, maybe she would come down and address us. Somebody uh, in the background says, it's the fucking queen's fault this is happening. She should have known. I've got a couple of good names we could start a chant with. What are you on about? Uh, well, if you want the queen's attention, I'm pretty sure we could get her with a couple of choice little come down bitch. Dash. Now is not the time for your personal issues and indiscretions. Thank you. Let's let the town lunatic rally us. That sounds like a good idea. I thought the town lunatic was trying to rally us. At least I was out there. He grows suddenly silent. Sergeant at arms, go address your queen and tell her that her people wish to have a conversation with her. Aye. In the meantime, and I'm going to point to the front line that 
stood up first. I want you to fortify those fires. I don't care if it's furniture, anything but the birch goes into those fires. That's our line of defense. So they immediately go about working. Try not to burn everything at once. They got to last all night. We did find a lot of downed trees on the outskirts on our little visit. Maybe we should try to get uh, some of these people to pull them in. Let's see what we have on this side of the circle first. From what they were saying the first time, they pretty much cleared everything out inside of the village. For brush. Okay. We don't know how far away the, the enemy has gone until we can send out scouts, and then we can do that. Just send out the flyers. Do we know what time it is? It's the middle of the night right now. The latter part, you would, uh, you would guess that we're about an hour away from sunrise. Do we see any of the fires, torches, or anything distance is that gone nothing it's as though they were there and then they were not the winding snake came down the mountain now it's gone no mountain just through the forest sun sticks his head out of the uh healing tree and yells out long way send me the old women and the little children i have jobs for them i will try to address a couple of a few more that seem to be a little bit more stalwart not necessarily out there at the fires, but are like the next line, and ask them to please gather up the women, gather up the children, and bring them to the healing tree. The elderly appear to be a lot more resilient with the goings-on than most that are younger than them. They're going about their, their business, doing what they must. They immediately start walking towards the healing tree to assist. The youth youth have the foolishness of their youthful bravado, so they're willing to undertake pretty much anything. But still, there's the despondency that's just just hanging. These are people that are, they're not used to any of this. Well, I'm going to stay up on my perch, and I'm going to bark orders, just so it seems like there's some kind of order to it. I'm trying to give as many people a job as possible. And even if it's just mundane, even if it's just move this, clean this, sweep that, someone go tend the fires, poke them, make sure they're spread out, and just try to get as many people involved in something other than standing around and sobbing. As you see, uh, a long way, barking at these orders, Madri is kind of doing the background of after he's moved the dead. He then starts bringing the old ladies over to Sun. He starts ushering people to fires and kind of helping orchestrate. Earring is going to drop his body next to where Sun put his and then head to the trail in the direction where the enemies had come from and stand watch. Okay. Mokwi is going to drop his wild shape and assist Sun in healing. I'll cast what I can for cure wounds, and then I use my last cast for good berries to get 12 of those, pass those out to the injured as well. The, the mood changes drastically when you appear. The morale was a little better on the inside. Usually when people are ill and they see Sun or yourself enter the town or village or hamlet or whatever have you, there is a sense of relief because you're both known to be healers, healers of the land, healers of the people. So the mood changes a, a great deal, and the pace is picked up a little bit by the women and children and some of the older fairies that are in there assisting. Outside, the queen comes. She is abnormally pale. She looks as though she had been uh, weeping, and she's standing looking about at the destruction and the line of bodies, the cries of the injured emitting from the healing tree. And she almost freezes when she gets to the chair that you're standing on. I will step down off the chair and give her a little bow. I'm sure I'm going to have to bend over a little bit to speak into her ear and say, now is not the time. You need to bolster yourself for their sake as well as yours. I need you to get up on this chair, tell them, 
Not necessarily that things are going to be okay, but things are in hand and we need to be together. And I'll hold my hand out for hers and steady the chair so she can stand on it. She takes your hand and leans in and says, things are not going to be okay long way. No, they're not. But we need everyone together. And that's what you need to reinforce. Everyone needs to support one another. Everyone needs to help as best they can. And if they come back, these people will not survive another attack. But we have even the slightest of chances if they're together. So she stands up on the chair. She fixes her gown and she strikes her scepter upon the chair and gives the worst rallying speech you have ever heard in your entire life. She breaks down (laughs) crying, falls to the fetal position on the chair and starts saying over and over, all is lost, all is lost, all is lost. Her subjects stop. They stop cold in their tracks and they look at her and they look to one another and they look to you and then they look to the bodies. I'm going to hold out a hand. I'm going to stand her up and I'm going to slap her. Dash will come up through the crowd towards the chair, grab her, give her a big hug, put her on her on the chair sitting down and tell her, shape up and then step back. I'm going to let her sit there and I'm going to continue barking my orders. If I get some semblance of order back in the condition. Why are we standing about? I thought I asked you to do this. Do it. They get back to work. Throughout the first part of the morning, they've got the barricades looking as as best as they could. Things at the healing tree seem to be under control as, as best as you can get them. How many old women and children did I get? You got about a dozen. I'm breaking them up because I've finished triage. Son has finished dividing the injured into certainly going to die may be saved, and probably going to be saved. To each certainly going to die, I assign at least one child. That is your friend for at least a little while. Go talk to them. For the probably can be saved, I assign as many old women as I can spare, but I need three of the older women that I'm going to send off to gather food and supplies to travel. We will need to travel with the injured. Please go get me the food and supplies we will need from wherever they are in this encampment. Where are we going to go? We don't know yet, but we're not staying here. Just go get the supplies. If you needed to know where we're going, we don't know yet. Don't know yet. Not yet. What are we going to do? Who's going to protect us? I am. But you're a healer. That's right. But you're not a warrior? I have my ways. Just go get the supplies. Can you do that? If yeah, not, I can yes. assign the job to somebody I, else. I can, I, we can do that. Yes. Okay, get me the supplies for traveling. Children, go with them. They'll hang out with that man over there and that fairy over there and that fairy over there. And as the children go to those fairies for the certainly going to die, I come up on each of those and uh, do my best in an unobtrusive way to help them along their way. I know they're going to die. They don't need to hang out here for three hours doing it. I'm not going to cut their throat with a knife. But I'm a fairly competent at the biology of living things. Okay, so, so no pillows over their face no, and no. the struggling and all that gruesome. No, if I, if I can make it look like I'm doing some healing by cutting, I'll make it look that way. Okay. Can I understand what he's about to do? It, yeah. Because it, it's, what I'm going to do is I'm going to brush his hand away and tell him, go take care of the others. And what I will do is the folks that he had labeled, there's no saving them, I'm going to rub my hand over their, their forehead and use my poisonous skin to help them along their way. <laughs> We've known each other a long time. If he says move, I move. All right. They were going to die. Most certainly. I am good at triage. And, 99%. And I didn't want him to have to suffer with that because he saved me. I'm going to save him from this. And I'll direct the genuine nurse types that we have to work on those that are most certainly going to live. They just need bandaging up for travel. Teamwork. Um, Mulquay's, you know, sense of morale is, is just inspiring to everybody. 
After checking in with Longway and kind of looking, seeing that all of the fairies that are well and a part of the group are doing things, Madri goes to Earring and asks if he would be up for some ranging. Absolutely. Do we see any path or any indication of these? Do we want to see if we can see where they came from? Go check that out a little bit. There was there was plenty of them, so we should be able to track. It hasn't rained. Nope, it has not. And obviously, like sharing with the group what his idea is, but then... Should we take off and do some ranging? And what do you think? That sounds good. I don't know if we have to take everybody, but at least some. Grab a couple of the fairies and bring them with us. Some of the archers. Some of the ones that can fly. Yeah, that would work. So not dash. Can he fly? Off my shell. He can glide off your shell. He can hit things real hard. But can he fly? Dash is totally ignoring all of any byplay and helping pin together the defensive wall. So you're going to take a couple of the flying fairies with you, just the two of you? I think we could take care of it. What do you think? Yeah, well, Longway's got to be around to get everybody moving. Sun's busy healing. Moqui's busy healing. Dash probably will help Longway best. So, yeah, the two of us. Sounds like a plan to me. While the healing and such is proceeding in the tent, I'm going to lay out that corpse, the faceless corpse that we brought in, and I'm going to cut it from groin to neck. And start slicing it open, autopsy style. Not hack and slash, real gentle and slow. What's your passive perception? 13. My assumption is is you're going to remove the clothing and the armor. Correct. So as you're removing the clothing and the armor, you notice a perfectly round black circle right in the center of the creature's chest. It almost looks like a tattoo, birthmark perhaps. Is there hair all over the creature or... We had discussed they were quite hairy. Is it ape-like? They, not not to that extent. Their hairiness, you know, the back hair that you often see at the beach, uh, shoulder hair, the uh, hair on the back of the arms, some chest hair, but there doesn't seem to be any hair around this black circle. More of a brand or a tattoo? Definitely not a brand. Definitely not. More, more of a, a tattoo or marking of some sort. But it is a deep, inky black. It's a, the blackest black you've ever seen. Well, I would start my cut at the groin, working my way up. As I get closer, am I encountering the normal bone structure I would expect? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I cut right through it. I assume it's a tattoo. Seems to be. I'm cutting across the breastplate. I'm looking around for some snipping tools or saws to get through the breastplate or just cut the entire top of the rib cage out. I'm going to leave the head for later. I'm just trying to check the torso area now. Is the internal structure similar to what I've... Yeah, very, very familiar to other, you know, humanoid creatures that you've seen. All the organs that you would expect to find are there, and they're in the locations you would expect them to be in. They seem to have bled a darker red, perhaps? A dark, dark red, yeah, almost like a black. It's so deep in red that it was almost like black. Now, I don't think I have a tool strong enough to cut a skull... Surgically, am I able to find a bone saw in this healing area? Uh, So I'm going to try to approach the skull from underneath the jaw and go in where there's not much boniness. Am I getting anything unusual in in that area? No. So this just appears to be a humanoid. I mean, oddly shaped slightly. Okay. Uh, They died like normal humanoids, so I can't imagine what else I'd investigate. I will, Mm -hmm. however, let's see, are there jars, clay jars, anything like that? Um, This looks like an inn. That's been used as a field hospital. So there's, you know, there's cups. The, are there's there mugs? Utent- yeah, mugs. Oh, uh, I can see them dumping out the pickles and, you know, pickled eyeballs. And- if I can get some mugs, like three mugs, I'd like to keep the heart 
and a couple other organs, the heart, liver, spleen, you know, a couple mugs, some cloth over the top of the mug, wrapped in string, tied it off. It's going to rot in a few days. I know. I'm not, I'm not keeping it forever. It's not a trophy. I just uh, want to investigate those particular organs further. Okay. Our scouts, you're going in an easterly direction to where, uh, to where we encountered them. The tracks are easy to find. There was no stealth involved in their approach or their attack. There's uh, s- several tracks that are easily visible. There's the tracks of horses, the unshod feet of the foot soldiers, broken branches, every indication that a large group of heavy individuals moved through the wood. What is unusual is that they abruptly appeared. So when you track their trail back, it seems like they just abruptly appeared and then started their march and their ride. There was a point in... You track them back to an opening, a glade of sorts, on a slight rise, but there's no indication of where they came from. Did they, like, portal in? Is there magic involved? I look to the two Fae that are with us. Uh, can you fly up and look around? Yes, of course. Is there... Madri wants to investigate the um, the glade more. What does it look like? What's, what's in the surrounding areas in this area? Is it just, like an opening in the in the woods or what's it look like it's an opening in the woods it doesn't appear to have been created by anybody's hand it was just nature the trees and whatever have you didn't encroach upon this particular space tall grasses flowers some shrubs nothing remarkable at all about it really it's like any other glade you've seen in the wilderness. you would have probably selected it as a campsite if you were traveling no stone rings, no obelisks, no fairy circles, no... Nothing. I'm going to walk around and just stomp my feet occasionally just to see if I hear anything potentially hollow underneath. Roll your investigation. 17. Um, it must be quite a sight to see Earring kind of walking around, stamping. Almost looks like a dance. He's having a tantrum. But the... I'm not Dash. <laughs> the... The ground is firm, as you would expect. Uh, Nothing looks disturbed. In the wilderness, there's a a lot of rain, a lot of moisture. Most of the stones are covered with moss, as are the trees. And this is no different. The large stones that protrude from the the ground are are moss-covered, unremarkable in their shape, tall grass, wild flowers. Nothing that would give you indication that there's any... Any underground tunneling or, or trap doors that they would they would come up from. Okay, to clarify, the middle of the glade footprints start and start walking towards where we were. Yes. There's no other footprints, no horse tracks, no anything, no individual prints leaving any other direction from this glade. None. None that we've seen. There's horse tracks intermingled with the the footprints but there's there's none coming from any of the other compass points they all originate from the one point yes okay i think we need to build a trap i like this idea a big trap we're gonna need a lot of help we should get back and actually the fae that are with us they come back and report yeah i'm not not really too sure what we're looking for but we didn't see anything i think there's magic involved here like they're using some type of portal or teleportation to come to this exact spot to then attack. But but that's impossible. The 
magics of the Wilderin don't allow for wicked creatures to come from the outside, nor the wicked creatures here to go from the inside out. I can't explain it, and obviously we have no explanation for how they're appearing right here last night and coming into Birch Grove. If that were to happen again tonight and they were to come right here, setting a trap here might diminish their numbers or hinder them so that we might be able to set an ambush. How far from Birch Grove is this glade? You had to walk for about an hour to get to this location. How long would it take you two to fly to Birch Grove from here? A matter of minutes. We'll go above the canopy. We won't be hindered by any of the wood. You two head back, report to Longway. Report to him what we found and that we are... Madri and I are building a trap. Very well. Before they leave, I want to ask them if there are any other groves around the birch grove that look like this or are large open spaces like this. Any of the other compass points? Well, there's many of them throughout the wilderness. There's many other groves like birch grove, but they don't seem to be bothering with them, any of the other settlements. Yeah, I agree. We should uh, start building a trap and figuring out a way to take them out early. Back at Birch Grove, Sun is dismembering by. Do you just do one? I just do the one, having found nothing unusual. As I've finished the dissection, now I'm I'm more closely inspecting uh, the heart. Anything unusual there? The stomach? Nothing. Very normal humanoid. What's in the stomach? There doesn't appear to be anything in the stomach. Large or small intestine? Anything? The fecal matter you would expect, some... Partially digested, what you would imagine, food items. There's some bone, bone. in there. Okay. Um, yes, I'm just doing the one, and I think I'm done with the organs. Uh, Mokwe, how are we proceeding with our passing on? They have passed on. Can you send the children to help with the sure to survive? I will do that, and I will instruct the children to go help those who are sure to survive. Mokwe, we should strategize. Mokwe thinks we should strategize as well. If we have to move these people, it's going to be a problem. Many of them cannot walk. We can't put them up in trees because fire is obviously a tool here. Do these people ever delve into the ground? Not that I'm aware of. I haven't seen it either. What are we going to do with all these injured? I think that's up for the queen to decide. Yeah, should we go find her? I think we should. All right. I give a couple of last instructions and say I'll be back to the nursing crew. Uh, have the old ladies returned uh, with any supplies? Or are they still out on their supply run? They're, they're out on their supply run. Uh, they've been gone for quite some time. Okay, so... We're going to go out and find Mokwe and Son are going to go out and find the queen. You exit the healing tree and the queen is sitting on a chair that Longway was once standing on, barking orders and rallying the people. She's got her head in her hands. She's just sitting there perfectly still. Longway, two fairy flyers approach you and that's where we'll leave it for this week. This is your DM Scott and that is all we have time for this week. Join us next time as the adventure continues on an acorn's journey, a DMD story. Thank you to our cast, Marcus Holt, Frank Vieden, Ben Petrie, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, and the angry fairy himself, Sin Morse. A special thanks to you, our listeners. You are why we do this every week. We'll see you next time in the dojo.